Hey folks, happy 4th of July. It's episode number 54 of the Uticast. Uh, a lot of shows take the 4th of July off, Kev. Yeah, well, you know what? A lot of shows aren't uh, championships. Winning never sleeps. <laughs> Winning never sleeps. Uh, we're breaking with the traditional for- uh, format of the show this week to bring you a very special episode. Um, we taped the interview for this episode at a bachelor party. I thought you said no more very special episodes. Uh, well, it's 4th of July. Very special okay, very good, very episode. Good. Uh, this one isn't really... Uh, we're interviewing Kevin's brother, Andy, at his bachelor party a month before his wedding. It's a really fun interview. Uh, we're going to have some special guests this week as well. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good show. Uh, we're doing it for you folks out there. We're doing it for all of mankind. Um, and you know, mankind is a... Uh, I feel like it's a word that should have new meaning for us all today. you got a smirk on your face like you're about to do a thing. Well, we just can't be consumed by petty differences anymore. We need to be united by our common interests. You know, and it, perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, uh, you know, and once again, we'll be fighting for our freedom, not from tyranny and oppression or well, persecution. we're doing independence today, <laughs> aren't we? But from annihilation. You know, we're podcasting for our right to live, to exist. And should we podcast on this day, 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world delivered in one voice, we will not go quietly into this night. I think you're supposed to get loud at that point. Pil- we will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today is episode 54 of the Uticast, and we're celebrating Independence Day. They're making a sequel to that movie. Like it, it's twenty years later. I'm not no because they're they're doing that with everything. Everything um, is twenty years later. I just feel like if you can't get Will Smith, it's tough to do Independence Day. No, again. I'm hurt about this because I've I thought in my head, and let me tell you right now, I can already I've already written how you get past Will Smith being out of the movie. Uh, he died well, that's, in between that, the movie. That's what they did. And his son is him basically. Right. Right. The idea though, if he's in the movie, is it sets up the emotional turmoil that he gets killed in the first wave of attacks saving his son right and then his son gets revenge he won't do anything i mean i guess will smith at this point has earned that fu money where he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do but he, i mean no because he's got so much money oh, he he tons have, of money. that's right, what i'm saying like right, he, do, right. he never has to do anything he doesn't want to but like he turned this down so he could like focus on his dumb kids and his own projects he turned down the the jamie fox's role in django unchained mm-hmm. because he's like i'm not the lead i don't kill the bad guy He's turned down, like, a lot of really interesting roles so he could focus on, like, these just trash time movies he's yeah. making with his dumb kid. And it's just, it's a shame, man, because Will Smith, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, was the guy. And now he's just, like, a guy. Fresh Prince will always be my Will Smith go-to, like, the thing that I grab onto. Like, Will Smith used to be the man. Like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is a great television show. Mine is Independence Day. Independence I Day. I think Independence Day is probably peak Will Smith that's, for me. You took it right out. That's peak Will Smith, though. That was the moment where Will Smith was like, I'm here, Big Willie Styles. 
like punching aliens yeah. in the face. I Jeff remember Goldblum. I remember walking up to the Uptown Theater to see that movie when it was out on like a Friday night, and I thought it was like so cool because I was like eleven or twelve. That was my favorite movie for a long time. I you, love that movie. You could argue that was also kind of like Pete Goldblum at the time. That was right around Jurassic Park era. He had hit Jurassic Park and Independence Day. Goldblum was like the king of like the nerdy scientist guy who saves the day, right? Yeah, that's probably true. Goldblum's one of those dudes who I think has probably been underappreciated for most oh, of his career. Goldblum's so good. Like, so good. anything he shows up in, even mm. if you give him five minutes. I remember they put him on one of those Law & Order shows for a little while. Yeah. He was on, like, Law & Order Criminal Intent or something. And, like, one of the garbage, because SVU is the only one that counts. But mm. he actually slayed on that. And it was yeah. nice to see. I wish you'd see more actors coming down to just, like, mm. slum it on TV. He's uh, he's on Mar- uh, Mark Maron's podcast this week, which you should not listen to right now. You can listen to it after this. But uh, right. after this, you should go listen to it. Uh, but it's funny, because when Jeff Goldblum is, like, doing interviews... He's still Jeff Goldblum. Like, that's just him. He's yeah. like, ah, 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 yes, yes, ah, I really, I do like to go eat food. It's like, wow, do you? You're a weird guy. <laughs> weird guy, Jeff Goldblum. Speaking of weird guys, how you doing on this 4th of July? Good, man. I see you're wearing your full USA soccer <laughs> kit here. <laughs> yeah, for the lads. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm wearing the kit today. I felt like it was important to wear the USA colors. Um, I don't... I like I like the Fourth of July. It's an okay holiday. I used to like going out to the Parkway when I was a kid and watching the fireworks. It's all I really remember. That's my big Fourth of July moment. Is like going down with my parents and we'd get the big uh, the big blanket and sit out uh, on the Parkway in Utica and we'd watch the fireworks over the hill. I feel like having done the bachelor party this past weekend, my mm-hmm. brother's thing up in Old Forge. Mm-hmm. It feels almost anticlimactic to it be does. here on the actual 4th yeah, of July. Like, yeah. I'm like, I already got all my, like, my <laughs> reveling out of my system um, already for the week. Yeah, well, let's get into that. So, this episode's uh, interview is with, uh, he was on, uh, you know Andy Sullivan, he's been on the show a couple times. He's been on our, our wrestling podcast special. He was co-correspondent for our first episode of For the Lads, which was last week. Uh, he's Kevin's brother, obviously. Uh, so, we were out in, in Old Forge this weekend for his bachelor party, and we decided, which I've dubbed in my brain bachelor stock 2016 i didn't tell any, i didn't I'll tell anybody that. that um but we did the interview with him and uh i had a great time at the bachelor party i don't go to many bachelor parties I go to a lot of stag parties but not a lot of bachelor parties yeah it wasn't even purposely like it wasn't originally set up to be a podcast interview you just had the equipment and you're like yeah let's get some time see what we get and it turned into a well, good conversation your brother was very specific that i brought podcasting equipment in case we wanted to cast he was ready to cast he's real gassed up ever since he was on the, the sports podcast last week he, it's true he's really into it now that was a good job good he's rhythm. good uh but i want to talk about something about bachelor parties and i brought this up with uh with good friend of the pod mikey donnaroma at the bachelor party i meet a lot of older men um uh, gentlemen who are above our age range who imply to us that we are doing bachelor parties incorrectly Right, that we don't mm-hmm. do them correctly because we don't uh, sit around and watch hot films together, or incorporate <laughs> hot, films. hot films, or incorporate strippers. And I wonder if that's like a generational thing because I don't think I've ever, yeah, I've never even heard of anyone I know having a bachelor party with like strippers and like really debaucherous stuff. I think- I've I've heard of people doing like strippers and some things like that, but like specifically the like. Because I know, like, your dad talks about all the time, like, oh, you guys don't have hot films. Like, you guys aren't all sitting around in a room watching porn together. And I think that it, so weird. it that seems so, so strange weird. to me, right? Oh, I'm like, man. that's what you guys used to do? You know what I think it is, though? It's probably just a generational thing in the sense that, like, you know, back then when your dad was, like, a young guy and everybody was getting married, it's not, like, the way it is now where there's, like, porn on the internet. Like, yeah. every, everybody's yeah. seen their fair share. Like, we don't need to get together and be like, ha-ha, well, we finally get to watch a movie. To, like, that's uh, strange. I'm not going to sit here and, uh, and you know, 
and pump up the merits of adult entertainment, but I also think it's a generational thing because, like, if you were at a bachelor party in the 70s mm-hmm. and there was a hot movie, quote-unquote, which is my favorite term I've ever the term heard. hot movie. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Good. I like that. Hey, you're going to go watch some hot movies. Um, the movies back then were, I, I don't want to say more innocent, but it was like those were the kind of, of films that it was like, oh, I delivered a pizza to your house. And then like the music would kick in. Oh, it's no, very, what's going to happen you know, here? What's going to happen here? Shenanigans are going to ensue. Um, it is not what people associate with internet adult entertainment today. I don't think that has <laughs> just, anything to do with it. I think, it, I think it's really, it's not like guys would do that at, you know, bachelor parties back in the 70s and 80s. And I think it's because it was kind of a, a special mm-hmm. treat in a mm-hmm. way. It wasn't so like people are just sort of desensitized yeah. now. Yeah. It's like now, what's the big deal? Like, and I think people would rather people have sort of gotten over the idea. And maybe it's because people are getting married a little bit later in life now. Mm-hmm. So like people have gotten over that whole oh man, one more girl for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Which like if you're still that guy, you're an asshole. But like people have sort of gotten over that idea. And I think bachelor parties, at least for you know me and friends of mine and family of mine and people I know. People are just excited to spend some time mm. with their like with the people that are dear to them. Yeah. I mean, how yeah, many yeah. how many times is it said over this weekend at the bachelor party? People just like, man, I'm so glad to have all the bros up mm. here, all the boys, all the lads, mm. like everyone just hanging out. Good conversation, good mix of people. You know, people mm. that are close and talk all the time, mixed in with some people that maybe you don't see all the time. Yeah, and I think that's become a little bit more useful than hot movies you know which one i get all the time about stag parties uh, my uncles always tell me that we're doing stag parties wrong because we're not just like aggressively gambling yeah gambling said that yeah. they used to have like they'd have like 10 20 <laughs> card games going on losing thousands of dollars at stag parties i'm like what the i've never seen that you lose me on hot movies but you can sell me on gambling if if we were at this bachelor party this weekend and someone was like hey let's play some Let's play Texas Hold'em for money. Like I, I might have gotten into that, and and that can get contentious when you're gambling with strain, not strangers, but with people you aren't as familiar with. I'm friends with all those guys, but they've never seen Degenerate Gambler Sam out there for money playing poker. I don't think I've ever seen Degenerate Gambler Sam either. I've never seen you to be much of a gambler. Well, that's the. That's I mean, I've seen you gamble in your I, personal life. Can I tell? I've certainly well, seen you gamble no. with like women, but <laughs> can I tell you though? It's funny, Adam Goldstein, Dan Avisado, and Eric Tuttle, the only three people who have ever really seen me degenerate quickly into that person. But I don't gamble very often when I'm playing poker, or specifically if we're playing like CeeLo for dollars. Oh, that's I, a whole different story. I really do turn into You should have brought like, three dice up there. That oh, would have been the man, move. three dice. What an underrated gambling event. That's... If, we, if I ever get married and have a bachelor party, we're going to have a CeeLo tournament. Like CeeLo. We're gonna do, we should do a video in a couple of weeks on Uticast.com just doing teaching everybody how to play three dice CeeLo. Oh, Spread the game around. So like maybe we can go out. Somebody will be like, hey, I got three dice. You want to start playing dollar games? <laughs> That's definitely a For the Lads segment for sure. That's not a bad CeeLo. idea. All right, so um, I don't exactly know who's going to be here for the next segment. Uh, we tape them in different times. No, yeah, we'll do, we're going to do full disclosure. It's uh, 2 o'clock right now on Monday, the 4th of July. Uh, we haven't taken any notes. We had this interview with my brother. We're going to maybe do some golfing, maybe do a little bit of boozing. We might go out somewhere. We're going to round up a show sometime between now and then. So we're going to say we'll be right back after the break. To all you listeners, it'll seem like 60 to 90 seconds. But for us, Lord only knows what's coming next. It's magic. The magic of podcasting. You can 
about that in a sec. I'm done texting. Yes. All right. We're back professionally. <laughs> We're back. I'm not texting on the air. That would never happen. I never do such things. Never, ever. Um, yeah, so we decided we didn't want to wait for anybody. <laughs> I think uh, more, more than that, I think we drastically, drastically uh, underestimated how tough it was going to be to get any third party to show up to Utica Studios here a beautiful, beautiful Fourth of July it afternoon. It's a nice. Nobody's day out returning texts. Nobody wants to be on the show. <laughs> Every other week, it's like, can I come on? Can I come do this? I want to be I on know. the show. I want to do this. <laughs> come calling Fourth of July. No chance. Holidays, baby. I love it. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of which, uh, as it is our own personal Brexit today here in America. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, <laughs> See what I did there? Topical. Yeah, there you go. Topical jokes. Three weeks it took um, you to get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, I'm, and i got to tell you, I was on the internet today. I'm the only person who's made that joke. I don't know if you knew about oh, that. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, did you know we are not the only country that celebrates American Fourth of July? Uh, no. Who else? No, there are a variety of countries that also celebrate it. England, Denmark, Norway, Portugal, and Sweden. Uh, simply because of the uh, vast majority of their citizens who do end up coming to America to be citizens, and also for touristing reasons. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It seems, you know, it's water under the bridge. 1776 was a long time ago. But it seems a little weird for England to be celebrating, like, hey, remember that <laughs> day that we officially lost? <laughs> it's... Well, they're probably thinking of it as more of like a good riddance thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're more like, good, get them out of here. Um, so I was looking up as well, while I was looking up some facts about this, I did find an interesting page which was talking about how other countries celebrate their independence days. Now, uh, the one that I thought was interesting was Mexico. Uh, most people assume that Cinco de Mayo is... Mexican Independence Day, I feel like. No. And it's not. Do they? No. Well, people they should. Them. They should. <laughs> uh, Mexican Independence Day is on September 16th. It is uh, referred to as Grito de Dolores. Uh, and they, what they basically do at this event, this seems like a really cool event. This is why I wanted to bring this up. So on September 15th at 11 p.m., the night before, the president of Mexico traditionally goes to the National Palace in the capital uh, stands on a balcony before the crowd, okay. uh, rings a bell, makes a cry of patriotism, honors the war heroes, and shouts Viva Mexico to a crowd of 500,000 people. I feel like my only real question, I'm, I'm all in on all that, number one. <laughs> it seems great. That sounds like a really fun time. What do you think a cry of patriotism sounds like oh i'm like do you think he just wails do you think he has like a short phrase that he exclaims well uh do they change it up every year my assumption and i'm only based on what i read a little bit about this grito de dolores is actually spanish for the cry of dolores which was the uh which was a quote from the battle of independence on september 16th huh yeah they were crying see. for the independence see so there you go Come so, for the local coverage, stay for the Latin American international culture <laughs> education here at the Uticast. I Latin American histories major. Uh, and we're celebrating, of course, the way that all good Americans do by drinking uh, Irish whiskeys, I guess, right? This is, uh, this is how... False. False. You're drinking Clan McGregor mm. Scotch whiskey? Mm. Clan McGregor, long, proud line of... Cheap scotches, yes. Uh, same company that brought you Mr. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was after their independence from the Clan McGregor oh, people. Oh, I see, see what's what going there. on. See what I did there? I see what's going on. Uh, yeah, Skull, though. Here, cheers, buddy. You're drinking hey. Crown Royal like a professional, so there we go. Uh, this is actually all part of my training regiment. Uh, coming up this weekend, as I say all the time, <laughs> biggest event in Utica, at least from my opinion, it is the 39th 
annual Utica Boilermaker 15K road race at 8 a.m. Insane that it's here already. Mm-hmm. Insane mm-hmm. that it's here already. I'm, uh, came right up, snuck right up on me. Boilermaker's been like my white whale all summer. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not running it, but you know why. <laughs> yeah, well, I know why. Uh, temperature for Sunday predicted to be a high of 81, but I got a feeling looking at the forecast, it's going to be real nice in the morning for running. Perfect yeah. running weather. Do you know it's never rained? During the Boilermaker in the entire 39-year history? Do you know that if it rains this time, you are solely to blame for jinxing them? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say... I'm going to turn you into the Boilermaker committee if it rains. I'm like, this is the guy right here. I did think... I do think, theoretically, it would be kind of cool to run the Boilermaker in the rain, <sighs> but like only like a picturesque light rain. I'm not trying to run it in like a thunderstorm. I think it was two years ago or last year there was the threat of a thunderstorm. I remember that was a big deal. They closed down the celebration kind of early because they were afraid the thunderstorm was coming. That's crazy that in 39 years though the weather's cooperated. It's been, yeah. That's pretty, like, 39 years is a long time. And I gotta be honest with you uh, and I could be honest with you folks since we're here today drinking whiskey on the podcast this is easily the least amount of preparation I've ever done for the Boilermaker. Even if I went out every single day for the rest of this week and ran three, four, five miles each day, right? Still probably would be the least amount of prep I've ever done for Listen, man, like far be it for me to cast aspersions on the amount of cardio that anybody's getting in a week, Mm. but I haven't seen you doing much running compared to last year. Like last year you were out there Uh, every day, every other day. I was out this morning. I feel like you've been doing other stuff though. Like, well, it's not running. You've been doing like other stuff for Uh, cardio to keep your body moving and everything. Yeah, the yoga certainly has been okay. That's been a pretty everyday thing. But I got to tell you, I'm not really concerned. I go back to the legend of one uh, good friend of the podcast, Adam Goldstein, who ran the Boilermaker on zero training and beat me, Dano, and Eric on times who had been training for three months. So yeah. anything is possible. There's a lot of people I know that go out there and do it on zero training. They are mm-hmm. uh, my good friend of the show, good friend of me in Utica, Gator. Yeah, Uncle Gator. Celebrity Gator goes out and does it every year, like no training. It's insane to me how some people can just go out there and casually pop off 9.3 miles on Sunday morning. Gator's one of my favorite people on Twitter, and I'll tell you why, because on Tuesdays, Maiden Utica's Twitter account is given to Gator for Tuesdays with Gator. Tuesdays is also the day that we promote this podcast the most heavily, so a lot of the promotion that I do is at the same time up against Tuesdays with Gator on Maiden Utica, so I see a lot of Gator. Shout out. See, you know, I had never thought about it, but that's a really... We should pretend we did that on purpose, like a day where there's all the extra activity all day. That's smart. Yeah, that was our original idea, we'll say, from now on. Uh, so I'm not concerned about running it. Uh, can I, I'll give you the secret hot take, and most of uh, the Boilermaker runners will, will know what I'm talking about. The Boilermaker Road Race, kind of easy. And I don't mean that in the way that it's not physically damning. It's like, it's not the monster that when you say 9.3 miles, you you see in your head. One of the consensus things I tend to hear from a lot of people who run it, especially yep. people who run it for like the first couple times, haven't... You know, there's some of these people who have been doing it since they were 11, but from a lot of people they go and run it, they're like, you know what? It was definitely a long day, but it was not as bad as I thought it was going to no. be. A you lot d- of people say it's not as bad as you think. You get distracted by the uh, by the people. There's so many people. You get distracted by the crowds. There's all sorts of music. There's all sorts of people handing you water and popsicles and freeze pops and people holding signs, and you see so many people you know. And it's actually a really, really beautiful uh, tour of the city. If you really, if you think about it in that terms, you... Mm-hmm. You go from one side to the other. You go through the golf course, which is great. I love coming down through South Utica because that's my my home turf right there. Right, that's, right, stomping ground. That's glory mode. When I'm coming through the when I'm coming through the golf course and I'm going up toward Burstone Road, that's my spot. That's where I'm living the dream. Uh, a couple facts I hear I have here for you folks about the Boilermaker. Uh, Boilermaker established in 1978 by the man Earl C. Reed and co-founded by your guy FX Matt II. That is my guy. 
Uh, it is uh, one of the most, if not the most popular local road race in America. I think this year we're getting 18,000, I want to say, or 17,000 last year. I think it's up it's this crazy. year. And that's just runners. That's not mm-hmm. counting all the people that come out, come down to yeah. the after party and all mm-hmm. that. Like, it's a mm-hmm. huge mob of people. Um, I heard a couple interesting facts about the Boilermaker today when I was doing, <laughs> doing some research. Uh, one, I got to give a shout out to a gentleman I don't really know, but I read this article today by Ron Mosier from the OD. Ron? Oh, Ron Mosier does good work. Huh? Yeah. Ron's a good guy. I don't know Ron, but uh, great article. is about a gentleman named Wayne Decker who is just about to turn 80. He is one of 10 remaining people who has run every Boilermaker since the inception in 1978. Is he, 10... is he running this year? Yeah. He's this back is, out there? Yeah, this is it. Uh, he's he's going to turn 80 right before the Boilermaker. Uh, that's, that's some dedication right there. Like, I... I've been running it every year, and I always pretend that, like, eh, this is what keeps me, like, it gives me something to at least aspire to so I'm not totally out of shape. Yeah, it gives right? you a, a physical benchmark to hit every year. But I understand that at some point in time, unless I keep up regular working out outside of this two- or three-month period. And more so, accelerate. Yeah, yeah do you know what I mean? There is going to be a period when I'm going to say, that's nah, okay, I think I've had enough. Can you imagine the Hollywood movie they'd make about this guy if he won it this year? Mm. That would, be, <laughs> that would be. Can you imagine oh, this guy, man. 80 years old, wins the race, crosses the finish line, goes home to his wife peacefully, mm. something like that's what would happen in the movie. I hope he has a very long life and all that, but that would be, be something else. <laughs> I'm always pulling for everybody to win. Like when it's Boilermaker season, I just tell people, um, like, hey, you got this this year. So I want to uh, give you guys a little bit of context here. Um, so uh, the, one of the first guys to really set a crazy record in the Boilermaker was a gentleman named Bill Rogers in 1983. Bill Rogers ran the Boilermaker in 44 minutes and 38 seconds, okay? Uh, I did a little bit of uh, math on this. Uh, that works out to about 4 minute and 48 second miles for 9 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, by proxy, I ran the Boilermaker last year, let's say an hour and 44 minutes, okay? That means I went 11, 11 minute, 15 second miles. The fact... A four, a less than five minute mile is is insane to me, and to think about doing that for nine miles just really proves to me how out of shape I really am. Look at that, but that's, <laughs> I also even, I don't think I don't, the, I don't think the guy who finishes the race in forty minutes is like the benchmark to be like, wow, I'm a piece of shit. Dude, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't finish it in forty God, minutes. Like, um, let's move on to something else. So, Boilermaker uh, Sunday, July tenth. Uh, look for your boy Famo out there running. You'll see the whole squad at the after yeah. party. The whole Uticast team, the whole Maiden Utica team yeah, will be down be there. Time. A lot of people running it. A lot of friends of the pod, friends of the crew. <laughs> I hope I don't have to close the night before at work. That'll be real shitty. Oh, could you imagine? Oh. You, bet you you should probably like talk to him about that. I, I have sort of talked to him about it. Um, all right, let's move on to something else, though. Uh, this is just tie-up from last week. Last week uh, on the show, we talked a little bit about streaming music uh, and how we all get yes. to Spotify. I uh, just read this today. Apparently, Apple is in exploratory talks to buy title. The other streaming music service. It feels like a thing that was on its way anyway. Yeah, right. I like, guess. that seemed like it was just sort of, like, bait for Apple mm. to buy when they put it out. That makes mm. sense to me. I'm not surprised. Uh, it does seem to me like they're gearing up to give a real serious push towards Spotify with Apple Radio now. They're going to consolidate this under... Well, trend. that would make sense. And Apple is always... Apple has a long, long corporate history of liking to get involved with uh, celebrities, artists, entertainers. They've got that partnership with Beats by Dre headphones. Mm-hmm. They were always known for having, you know, people like you 2 all different celebrities, like, mm-hmm. pitching very hard for them and doing tie-ins with their products. So I'm not surprised with, you know, Tidal, which is a, a group of artists headed up by Jay-Z and a lot of, you know, top luminaries yeah. in the industry. For Apple, that goes very well in line with what they normally do from a corporate level, and it goes very well with their image. That uh, seems like it was just a matter of time on that one. They get the uh, Prince catalog if they get 
Do uh, they? Yeah, if they get titled. It's a good get. It's a good get. I was, you know what, when uh, when Prince passed away a couple weeks ago, because I was talking about, as an avowed Spotify guy, yeah. there are a few people who hold out a few things that just hold off mm-hmm. from Spotify, especially title exclusive stuff like that. When Prince passed away, I was going, I wanted to listen to Prince. I was like hanging out at work or driving in the car or doing something like that, and they didn't have any. Mm. It was a very sad moment. I was like, damn. One time Spotify let me down. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good move for Apple. Uh, you know, I, again, I'm still going to die hard with my just keeping music on my hard drive until right. that finally fails. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time's going to come where I'm going to have to make a move to some sort of streaming service. I, I, I imagine at some point You'll in time. do it, and then you won't be able to believe how you ever lived otherwise. Yes, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got one more news story this week. Uh, this one is actually about the internet as well. Uh, so back in June, uh, United Nations uh, Human Rights Council passed legislation uh, that was, uh, that was at the, I'm sorry, they passed legislation in June, the resolution passed on Friday, uh, basically stating that taking away internet access is now a basic human rights violation. Um, I don't know, it seems pretty obvious. The internet is so ubiquitous now, it's where most people get their, uh, their access to the outside world and the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does... It, just seems like the time is right, I guess, right? It, well, yeah, it's it's one of those things where we're moving into the internet, you know, it, as we move forward in the technological and, like, global age that we're still in the very infancy of, internet has very quickly become one of those things like phone, electricity, water, where, you know, not to say it's as important as, like, water and heat and stuff like that, but it's enough of a basic thing where you shouldn't be able to deny it from a, our people in the country can't have this. And there's a lot of interesting ramifications there because, you know, when we had the, the Arab Spring a couple of years ago with all those different Arab countries overthrowing their governments, a lot of that stuff was done via the Internet and Twitter and things like that and tools they had. So these governments were just blacking out the Internet, taking away all the Internet. Now that that's a human rights violation, although it's not on par with, like, starving your people, the fact that the international community can go after them for that is a really encouraging step for free speech. Well, it's an important point to bring up, though, because even though this uh, resolution passed, the UN does not have any... They can't enforce this. This is just basically a suggestion like, hey, world leaders... You can't do this. This is a human rights violation. We're not going to do anything about it. It's the dirty little secret about the United right. Nations. Uh, so it's not really going to do anything. Uh, but I do think it's an interesting <clears throat> thing to, to be brought up. It it just seems to make sense. That's where we are now yeah. in this world. And at know? the end of the day, I'm always a big, big supporter of at least starting the conversation with just yeah. about anything. Like exactly. I'm always a fan of moves that, although will this have any practical effect in application? Mm. Probably not. At least now it's on more people's radar. It's something to be talked about moving forward. Hmm. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give you an equation. What is one bottle of Jameson plus one bottle of Tullamore Dew plus 14 cases of Utica Club equal? Uh, let's see. That would have to be the past weekend we had up in Old Forge for my brother's bachelor party. <laughs> Very good. I would have yeah. also accepted bachelor stock 2016 <laughs> as your answer. Uh, and let's get into this week's uh, very special interview. Um, as I mentioned, we were up at a bachelor party for Kevin's uh, brother, Andy, who's been a regular on the show and is a very, very, very close personal friend of us both on the air and off the air. He's a wonderful human being. Uh, so we got uh, we were up there for the bachelor party this weekend. Kev, you are the best man. It is true. I'm going to make that dad joke. Hey, if you're the best man, why is she marrying him? <laughs> 
I'm, uh, I'm gonna just no sell it and give you no uh, reaction and let you move along in your notes. Good. It's pretty good. It was not pretty good. <laughs> it was low effort, low hanging fruit here on the Fourth of July. <laughs> this great country was not built on that low effort bullshit, Femilaro. No, that's just where it settled into. Hey, <laughs> now that's the type of skating. <laughs> that's that's the kind of skating analysis. That's what I've come to expect. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, so uh, we took some time out of the uh, out of the bachelor party festivities to have an intimate conversation with Andy Sullivan about getting married, about spending his bachelor party with some of his closest friends, uh, his, I guess, his involvement in the actual process of having a wedding in general, and of course we got to hear some excellent comments from our good bachelor friends. Kev, I think you're actually in this interview as well. I think for parts, yeah, I was in and out. I did have to go out to the cooler and get another beer at some point. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, the whole room was full. It was the first time I think we've ever done an interview in like a room full of people. In a room people. full of people, yeah. So yeah. again, a little bit different this week. I hope you guys enjoy it. A little more of a personal uh, interview. I want to give a quick shout out to all the lads, though, from this weekend. Starting with Mikey Donnarumma, uh, Young Thunder Tom McCormick, the kid Colin Roberts, David Roberts, He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's Dylan Roberts. The kid Rick Fernandez, a.k.a. Pretty Ricky. Handsome Dan Purcell. Sean the Man Badger. Chris Mandry, good friend of the pod. And Man of the Hour. Our interview subject for this week, Andy Sullivan. We'll be back in just a minute. kid i used to think fireworks was the hottest stuff like we would um like my dad would get them in the back of our house in yeah. like the with this big flat driveway mm-hmm. but even then like as a kid i was like i feel like my dad's gonna blow his hand off yeah. at some point in time yeah. uh since we're going freeform here today might as well set people up for what's actually going on we are deep deep in the adirondack mountains here in <laughs> old Forge, new york and we are celebrating the bachelor party of a very, very close friend, good friend of the pod, good friend of my heart, Andrew Sullivan. He's been on For the Lads. Andy, we're very happy to. We're so proud of you. Glad to be here, man. It's, uh, it's been a fun, adventurous uh, weekend so far. We're, uh, we're fighting through. It's, it's, a, long, it's a long battle. Uh, I know we like to goof around in the show a lot and we joke, but uh, you were in the woods surrounded by all of your friends, your closest friends. Uh, two weeks before you're about to get married. Four what? weeks. Before Four weeks. Married, yes. How uh, how does that really feel when you sit down and think about it? Like when you when you put it all together in your head, what's it like to be here right now? Uh, this whole experience is pretty wild. It's uh, it's pretty cool. I um you know I got. Four of my best, well, three of my best friends I've been friends with since grade school. I got my brother. I got three of my cousins who I've grown up with who are like brothers to me. Mm. Um, I got guys like you and Chris Mandry who've mm. grown up uh, like big brothers to me. So it's just a blast, man. It's fun. We're having a good time. This place we got, my brother hooked it up. He's my best man. Uh, he's done a great job, and I'm just I'm happy to be here. We're having a blast. Awesome, man. So let's uh let's get let's get down to some things. There's a couple questions I've never got to ask you about. This. Oh, jeez, here we go. So we're let's free. start. We'll we're start free going. Off. Yeah, we'll, we'll free. We'll go a little bit. Like let's this. start off with this. Uh, I've met Jen many times. She's a wonderful woman. Thank you. I think but so. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm curious. Uh, 
I don't ever know how you met Jen. Is there a story for how you guys met each other? Was there like... Uh, the, the long going story is Jen and I met uh, right after, the day before I graduated high school, I started a job at Herb Philipson's. Yeah. Local sporting goods store. Uh, I she was that. working there. <laughs> um, I remember being, it was in a staff meeting and uh, I didn't really know anyone else. My cousin had worked there at the time and uh, I was kind of sitting in the back, not really talking to anybody, I was a new guy. And uh, in comes in this this girl with, and I tell this story and she hates it, with the ugliest pair of shorts I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what she was thinking, but all I knew is that I had to be near her. She was just, she, she lit up the room, she was smiling, everyone's excited to see her, and uh, so I kind of chased her around the store a little bit. She, she shot me down once or twice, um, and then she actually seeked out my phone number from my cousin. And wow. The rest is history. That's almost nine years ago. <laughs> uh, to bring you guys a little bit of disclosure here, not only are we recording at the bachelor party, we are legit surrounded by the entire bachelor party boys. crew hey, right now. Boys. Hey, yeah. hey, boys. The boys are here. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we come up to Old Forge all the time, and it's it's a beautiful place to spend time. And, uh, you know, it's been a big important, important part of our summers for the last five years, going back at least yep. ten years almost now. Yeah. Uh, was this always the plan for the bachelor party? Did you always plan to come up north? This was the idea. Uh, we grew up here. Kevin and I vacationed here our whole lives with mm-hmm. our sister and family and friends of uh, friends of our family. Uh, it's legitimately my favorite place on earth. Yeah. I love. There's nothing I love more than the Fulton Chain. Uh, I think it's awesome how close it is to Utica. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 40 minute drive, 45 minute drive, and you're at a wonderful place like this with a lot of cool people, a lot of cool places to go. So. Well, and we, we don't talk about your profession much in the show, but you are up here a lot anyway. Like, you I, spend a lot of time in this part. I am, I am. I'm, uh, you know, I, I work for the brewery, and yeah. uh, this is actually part of my market. So I'm in Old Forge yeah. quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, it's great. I would love you, it up here. Would you go as so far to say as you're a local celebrity up here with the bar owner? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know them all. They're uh, they're good guys uh, and girls. They're all really cool. Uh, I've gotten to know some really really well. Some I consider mm. friends. Uh, local celebrity. All right, yeah, I'm a local celebrity. All right, sure, why not? Uh, let's get back to uh, to Jen just for a moment. You told us a story about how you met. Yep. And now I'm curious to hear about how the actual event of you asking her to marry you. Oh, jeez. This is the story that I'm. Curious. I nailed it. Oh yeah. Let me start by saying I nailed okay. it. All right. Um, <laughs> Jen's brother Dan is here, who, uh, yeah, we were just talking about this a little while ago. I nailed it. Uh, so Jen's father also works for the brewery. Her brother worked for a brewery as a tour guide, uh, same time I did. So I happened to catch her father in the tavern um, at the brewery. He was up there fixing something. Uh, he f- can fix everything. And uh, so I knew I was going to ask him if I could, you know, uh, have his daughter's hand in marriage. And uh, all of a sudden, Dan comes waltzing in. I'm like, oh, perfect. You're both here. Let's nail this. So thankfully, uh, Rick Purcell, future father-in-law, uh, was very happy. And Dan, I guess, Dan, were you happy? Very happy. <laughs> Dan was happy. So they were happy. They said yes. Uh, I uh, kind of took a book, uh, a play out of the book for, uh, what's that stupid movie? Uh, Love Actually. Yes. Where uh, the guy makes signs, uh, Rick Grimes. Yeah. Makes signs at the doorway. From the Walking Dead, yeah. And uh, from the Walking Dead. He makes signs at the doorway and professes love for his best friend's girl, which is a real dick move. It is a crazy move. But I, so that. I kind of put my spin on it, made a bunch of signs. I waited for her to get home from work at her parents' house, uh, came out of the garage, um, and uh, she was actually kind of like pissed that I was there because we were supposed to go somewhere. It was like her grandma's birthday and I was there way early and she just was getting home from work. She's frazzled. She's a teacher. Uh, she's a phenomenal teacher. Let me throw that out there. But uh, 
so she was like, what are you doing here so early? And I gave her like the, like, the shh, be quiet sign. And then I rolled through all these posters. Uh, she started crying real hard. Uh, got down on one knee, asked the question, tears, tears, yes. Uh, the rest is history. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was a nerve-wracking event, but it was, it was well worth it. I'm glad you brought up the angle about having to talk to Jen's family because one of the things I always laughed about with any woman I've ever dated is it's like, they can date me just fine, but the minute I have to bring them into my insane Syrian slash Italian family, they usually run away. Right. They see it yeah. all and they're like, ah, yeah. I don't know if I want to be involved in yeah. this. But uh, you seem pretty close, though, with the Parcells in general. Like, oh, you... absolutely. Um, they're my family now. Jeez, I... Uh, I love those guys. They, uh, I mean, Jen's sister Kristen was seven when we first started dating. She's 16 now. Thanks, mm-hmm. Dan. Uh, she's 16 now. So I've literally seen her grow up. Dan's become one of my best friends. He's, uh, he's just moving to Boston actually this week to start a new job. But uh, whenever he's home, he crashes on our couch. Uh, we clear out my beer fridge pretty easily, and uh, <laughs> we have a great time. And their their parents are just they're gold. They're two of the just great people I know. So yeah. love them. Yeah, happy, excited. Uh, you have. Two siblings, uh, two well, two siblings that I've been as close growing up with you. Your sister Liz and your brother yep. Kev. Yep. Um, and I always think about this. I always thought of you as a little brother as well to a certain extent because I've spent so much time with Kev yeah. and I got to watch you as a young man. Yeah. Speak to the fact that you're the first one getting married of the of this crew. How does it? What does well, that say? It's, <laughs> I, it's, I don't know. I maybe. I just got lucky. I don't know. I got lucky. I found Jen. That's the way we'll put it. I'm the middle child. Um, hmm. I am the hopeless romantic of the group. I think, Cav, would you agree? He's gone. He's gone. Cav, we lost Cav. We lost Cav. So, no, I would say I'm the hopeless romantic of the group. Um, I found Jen at 18. I had no plans of having a girlfriend going into college, um, and she destroyed that, but I couldn't be happier about it. So, you know, Cav and Liz are doing their thing. They're having a great time. We're actually the whole crew here today. The only person that's married is my cousin Colin, so we were kind of breaking them out before, but I will be joining that club very shortly. Yes. Colin, do you have any advice for, for Andy since you're right here? Uh, I mean, it's it's no different. Just, you know, just keep, be a yes man, keep her happy. You know? <laughs> I will do that. I'll try yeah. my hardest. Uh, this is a little more of a, not a serious question, but something that you don't have to answer because you might not know. Okay. Uh, you guys, you guys, you're a month away from the wedding. Um, have you thought immediately about, like, moving into the next steps? You don't want to have kids immediately, do you? No, you I mean, obviously we talk about it, but uh, no, it's going to be... Not a while, but we're thinking to give it like a year or two. Yeah. You know, just like, let's enjoy yeah. like each other before we bring kids into it and then just, they ruin our lives. So that's, uh, so that's basically where we're at. We take everything with a very cal- kind of calculated approach, especially Jen. She's very smart in that fashion. So, uh, yeah, we've talked about it. Excited. I certainly want, I grew up around, I have 30 some odd cousins. Yeah, I got big my brother and my sister who, are my best friends, so I definitely want them, but no time soon. No. Yeah. So. Uh, well, let me ask you this then. Uh, you guys got honeymoon coming up, I would imagine, right? Do you yeah. guys know where you're going? Cancun, baby. Cancun. Yes, I have a butler for a week. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I'm going to be like, hey, man, like you don't have to do that. Like It's cool. Just sit down relax. Let's have a drink. Like I don't want someone doing something for me. Let's drink. Do you have a passport? I do. Did you have one before this no. honeymoon? Or was this no, thing? we both had to get one. Yeah. Um, my picture came out great. Jen hates her picture, which I figure is typical. But yeah, no, we just got them. Really easy process. Didn't take long, so that's cool. I've always said that I want to get one really It's different. cool to have one. Yeah. It's like they're nice to have, but yeah. Uh, I think I, I think you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I'm not a guy who's married or had any significant relationships yeah. since like middle school-ish, <laughs> right? I don't even remember anymore. Uh, 
But I think that a lot of times you see couples fall into that trap of getting married and rushing into having kids, and you sort of forget that you're both people and you like to spend your time together as yeah. well. Like you, you want to have that time together. Yeah. Well, know? no, yeah. Like I said, I mean, everything we've done has been pretty calculated. You know, we. Uh, I think it's more common now, but we we moved, we bought a house together last year, but we wanted to wait till you know we both had secure jobs and good jobs mm-hmm. and uh, to buy a house, and so we did that. You know, make sure we're ready and for it to uh, to get married. So it's all kind of we took calculated uh, approach at it, and it's, so far it's worked out well. So we'll see. Right now we're doing good. So uh, I'm curious as the as the the male aspect of this this duo here, how much of the actual wedding planning were you involved Oof. in? Let me tell you, <laughs> I did. Nothing <laughs> for the smart. last two years. No, I um, my Same big thing was yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's she doesn't want me to help. Like anything, I told her I was like, listen, anything you need me to do, you let me know. I'm in. I'm on board. Mm. Um, but for the most part, she's like, the honeymoon is up to you. Uh, so figure that out. Which she ended up having a huge say in it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then there's one other thing that I was given. Uh, Given uh, control over, and the I can't bus. think what it was. Oh yeah, the bus, the party bus. Thanks, Rick. Uh, the party bus. So for the way, so it's literally the party bus and the honeymoon, and uh, the rest she has really done, and she's done a kick-ass job at it. Mm. Um, I'm really proud of her. Uh, proud of her of how she's kept it in control, kind of not lost her mind, um, and really just really organized and a really solid approach toward it. So it's been uh, it's been good. But no, for planning colors. Anything yeah. like that. She keeps asking me, she's like, what do you think about this? And I'm like, if you like it, I like it. <laughs> That's probably the best way to go about oh, it. I wonder sometimes if it's like a, I see this a lot with weddings. Like my sisters both got married, they're older than me. And it was the same way, like both of their husbands were like, it's not that I didn't want to be involved. Yeah. It's that it just made more sense to let her yeah. do her thing. Because right. at the end of the day, I think, you know, for you, it's probably like you would get probably get married in a cardboard box as long as you got married. As right? Long like as, it, yeah. as long as it's Jen stand next to me, I don't care where it goes. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um... I don't want to take too much of our our bachelor time here, but we got a lot of the lads hanging around. Anyone have any nice messages they want for Andy to go on posterity on the podcast? Do it, Andy. <laughs> you do it. Of all people, Chris Mandry. Uh, all so. the people. Of all the people. GFOP, Perfect. Chris Mandry. Uh, now, Andy, though. I'd like, like to wish John good luck. <laughs> See, that's right. That's smart. A good one. Yes, very smart. She's the one taking the real leap here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Not it's uh, yes, yeah. She's the winner. So it's uh, yeah. I'm the lucky one. Luckiest guy in the world. You know, all the cliches that ring true for this. Can't wait. <laughs> Kev, you're back in. We were we called you during the interview, but you were you were off in the I'm woods. I'm here. I'm here. I was nature. wandering. I think Dylan is uh, gonna sleep outside tonight. Nice. <laughs> Dylan is uh is uh the youngest of the crew here. He is my cousin, and uh, he's an usher in the wedding. <laughs> the usher. That's a good yeah, gig. Yeah, he is the usher, and uh, he's a wonderful man, but he is real cozy outside in that chair right now. What's the best gig to have at the wedding besides groom, right? Best man is pretty tough. There's a lot. Of, you're, you're the best man here, Kev. There's a lot of work that comes with that as well. Usher doesn't seem to have as much huh. extracurricular yeah. activity. That Usher's comes with being it. a guest is pretty cool. Being a guest is tight. <laughs> yeah. I, I think. I mean, I think the groomsmen got it pretty easy. I mean, what do you guys? You get look good in suits. You show up. You yeah. get drunk on my dime, and uh, <laughs> it's uh, and that's it. You call it a day. Not so, so bad. Yeah, not yeah. bad. I'm just yeah. It's uh, I think you guys did all right for yourselves. But, well, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> As the best man, Kev, do you have any advice for your brother going into this momentous event? Uh, there's nothing I can tell my brother about okay. how to be happy with Jen that he doesn't already know. So, no, he's all set. <laughs> he's all set. 
All right, guys, we're going to get back to partying and enjoying the rest of Bachelor Stock 2016, as I've been referring to it in private. Uh, Andy, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's the first time I've heard that. I've been referring to it in my head, in my head. myself. Um, <laughs> but Andy, I have to say, uh, in all honesty, it is a it is an honor to be spending this Bachelor's party here with you guys and your, your closest buddies and pals, and uh, I'm just... I'm so happy for you. It's it's great to see this happening, and it's just thank you. All I can say is how happy I am for you. Congratulations, and I know it's going to be great. And uh, lads, let's give it up for, for Cheers, Andy. Cheers, boys. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. In the car ride home from Old Forge on uh, on Sunday morning, there are no winners or losers from Bachelor Stock 2016. But if there was, winner's got to be the kid Mikey Donnarumma who brought up so many stakes. Showing up with showing stopping at Delmonico's getting 12 raw individually hand wrapped 24 ounce ribeyes. Showing up casually at like 11 o'clock at night late with a pan of raw steaks to cook up. I brought up Holland Farms pastries thinking to myself like this is a good move. No one's going to bring pastries. It's going to be like a surprise hit. I thought I was doing good. You were the surprise I hit was. until he showed up with those steaks <laughs> and it was like forget this kid me. and his dumb vanilla fingers. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Um and, uh, again, there are no losers specifically. Colin Roberts was the winner on Saturday night, but it did mean he was the loser on Sunday morning. I, we, I'll tell you what. we were He was leading a pack of a bunch of hurting dudes stumbling on Old Forge on Sunday morning. But Colin's the real MVP because he packed up all of our garbage and cans from the weekend in his pickup truck, just tossed them in. He's got to take care of him on the way down. Don't worry about it. Just the kind of guy he is. It was awesome to be up there with, like, friends and, like, because of my brother's friends, he's got a bunch of great dudes that, you know, I get to see hanging out with my brother, but that was, you know, some real extended time. And to have, like, my cousins there, to have you and Chris come up and to have, you know, my stepbrother Sean and everybody. It was a really good blend, good squad. I haven't seen your stepbrother Sean in a hot minute. Yeah. In a hot minute. Yeah, it's been a while. A long time. Um, so, again, thanks to uh, Andy Sullivan and all the lads. Good trip. Uh, I don't think I've drank that much in a long time. I'm not really much of a drinker. No, so you was, certainly. You was, you and the Clan McGregor you bought up really uh, made a change. Uh, speaking of which, I have another fun fact for you about the 4th of July. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. So uh, on July 4th, 1778, in celebration of the Second Independence Day, George Washington ordered a double ration of rum for the lads. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that Sounds out. Sounds about right. It's a, yeah, I was so um, ready to be cynical and snarky about no, your fun fact. No, it's <laughs> a good... That was pretty good. It's a good fact. George said, listen, boys, you know, celebration. Double the ration of rum for the lads. It's great. I'm not much of a rum guy, really. No, some... Uh, Mandry... I could do rum in, like, a summery drink or something yeah. sometimes, but, like, I'd never reach for rum or order rum on my own accord, I don't think. I like a dark and stormy. That's the... Oh, okay. That's about as much okay. rum as I can do. All right, let's... Uh, Let's move on to something else here, and I want to talk about maybe the most American of all traditions, and that is the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, which took place 
earlier this afternoon. I say the most American because it is the best and worst of America. All. I have so many, so many hot takes of things I was going to say as a, like a snarky <laughs> guess for like, what was the most American? Um, I want to throw something out here for a second. Uh, Joey Chestnut, who has now won nine of the last ten Nathan's hot dog eating competitions. I want you to think about that for a second. Nine of the last ten. That's a better sports dynasty than the Spurs, than the Bulls, than the Yankees, than any sports franchise of the last 20 years. Who's won nine out of ten? Nobody. Joey Chestnut is an American legend, and it makes me (laughs) sad for our country. (laughs) I just want to say that. He ate... 70 hot dogs today, breaking his own previous world record. He did it in 10 minutes. That's seven hot dogs a minute. I'm sick, and not just from the Clan McGregor that I'm drinking right now. Do you know what the grossest thing about those hot dog eating contests is besides every single damn thing about besides them? Besides the entire concept of it. The way they'll put the dog in the bun, then they just glom fist it into a cup of water so that they can get it down like soggy breaded, like boiled hot dog. It's just, oh, it's the worst. If you'd really like to ruin your afternoon, ESPN did a... Spo- <laughs> watch ESPN. Yeah. E- watch ESPN. Period. Full uh, stop. ESPN did a sports science video. You ever see their sports science videos where they had a fake stomach... And they showed what happened when you put 69 hot dogs in it. Blah. Gah. America makes me sad sometimes. I had a quote on Twitter about that earlier this week. Uh, not today. I'll be. I'll try and be less cynical since it is you are, day of our you independence. You are so, just so edgy. You're such <laughs> an edgy guy. Um, do you know that at, actually, 4th of July is considered the quote-unquote hot dog holiday in America. Americans consume 155 million hot dogs each year per aver- on average on this day. I believe it, man. They're so easy. It's so easy to throw a dog on the grill. Like You can feed them to the kids. You can feed them to the lads. You can feed them to whoever you want, generally. I smelled it. Walking out of the Utica Studios earlier today when it was just getting to be towards that like magical dinner time hour, smelling barbecue sauce up and down the streets. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I I uh, I stand behind my hot take. I think we've said this before in the show. I have a I'll, if I go to a barbecue, sure, or a cookout, and those aren't the same things. I get a little flack for that on the internet sometimes. Um, hot dog is actually from, who? from the barbecue truthers. From like other Twitter accounts that you run. <laughs> yeah, the barbecue <laughs> yeah, the barbecue truthers are out there. Um, no, I'm more apt to get a hot dog over a hamburger when I go to a when I go to a cookout these days. I feel like hamburgers, you got to take a real look because when you're like cookout food, it's really easy to buy just like a big bag of frozen patties and they'll be yeah. all right. You show up sometimes somewhere and people bought like the ground beef and made patties and cooked those for a burger. That's a whole different ballgame, but I think consistency is there in hot dogs a little bit more, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They're all hot pretty dogs. much the same. Hamburgers have a higher ceiling, but hot dogs have a more even level of consistency. Hot dogs are a brand conscious choice. Like, if you walk in with some ballpark franks, your boy's not feeling it. I don't want your ballpark franks. Nope. But if you give me some of those Hoffman hot dogs that I like so much, those snappy ones. Yeah. Did uh, you know there's a huge, huge cultural difference around the state of New York for, like, the types of hot dogs people prefer? Yes. I never knew this until I was living out in Liverpool, and I was working with some guys who were from the Buffalo area. And some of the guys in the office, some of the Syracuse guys and the Buffalo guys would always be breaking balls back and forth about who had, like, the better hot dogs where they were from. Never even thought about that as a thing. My sister used to hot dog, uh, microwave hot dogs, or mm. boil them in, in water, which I never understood. Do not understand the concept of doing anything besides grilling a hot dog. I guess you could do it in a pan. That's what you do when you're a poor kid. I used to do that when I didn't feel like taking the grill out. Or if it's like winter and you desperately yeah, need a dog. Yeah, Why do you desperately need a hot dog in the winter? Actually, do you know what the original uh, celebratory July 4th food was before hot dogs? 
no. The founders of this country would eat turtle soup. Turtle, turtle soup. Yeah, turtle huh? soup no, it was considered a delicacy in that era, uh, and that was the traditional food eaten on the Fourth of July. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing that I want to eat more on a hot, warm summer day than a nice hot bowl of <laughs> turtle soup. Ugh. All right, so let's get into uh, a couple over under here's before we uh, before we close out for the day and go celebrate our Fourth of July somehow. Um, and matter of fact, let's start with the first over under question. Um, as Apu from The Simpsons once so uh, boldly put it, there is no better way to celebrate the birth of your nation than by blowing up a small portion of it. So let's talk about fireworks. Overrated or underrated fireworks? Um, yeah, fireworks are underrated. Fireworks are great. It's nice. Like, if you're talking about both, like, personal home fireworks, be careful. Use safety because you will blow a finger off. Like... As long as you're careful about them, don't burn anything down, don't maim anybody. And also, like, going out to the fireworks, it's a pretty cool community event to get everybody gathered out in, like, a park or a town common and just, like, celebrate that shit. I loved it when I was a kid, and yeah. it's still nice to go out and see. Yeah, I think we need to prerequisite, by the way, that there are two forms of fireworks that we could be referring to here. So let's break this apart. Uh, let's start with going to the actual firework display, like your city's firework display. That is Always underrated. I know there's a lot of uh, downside to, like, dragging your family down there. Traffic's tough. you got to get all the blankets, and there's a lot of people there. And there's always those vendors selling those weird uh, glow-in-the-dark necklaces that you used to get when you were a kid. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, the glowy stuff. Um, I like going to public events and seeing fireworks like that, though, because it is, like, a little bit of a city or regional pride thing. I like Mm -hmm. to be there with the city. Uh, Take a shot, as I'm going to right now. Mm. Mm. When I was in New York City... We used to watch the fireworks over the East River in New York City on the 4th of July, which was actually one of the nicest. That seems things. awesome. Yeah, it's really, we used to sit amazing. on the roof. And um, it was great for three years until they moved the fireworks from the East River to the Hudson River, and then we couldn't see it anymore. And then it was on the other side of the skyline. So you could only see the high fireworks. Thanks mm. a lot, New Jersey, because you had to co opt our fireworks. Good for nothing state. New Jersey co-op in New York. Again, I can't believe it. Mark Simon, what's up? Um, but if we're talking about. Oh, yeah. If we're talking about. Uh, Personal home fireworks, I'm, I am gotta tell you that I don't care for most of the general fireworks you see at houses. Sprinklers are nonsense. <laughs> That's a hot take. Sprinklers are trash. By sprinklers, do you mean sparklers? Sparklers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The spark- Those are no good. Unless you got, like, little kids, I guess. And even then, like, they're kind of dangerous. Uh, I do like Roman candles. Yeah. Like, if you had some Roman candles, I could get in on them, but... I like, know. bottle rockets are good. They're selling a lot more fireworks. Now, you can buy just about any kind of firework for your home. You are just can't they're... set them off unless you live in a more, like, rural area. Are they not illegal in New York anymore? Am I wrong? They were... So, okay, so here's here's what this happened, I think, either last summer or the summer before. So you might not even have been here when it happened. They are legal in parts of New York now. So they're So they're legal in Herkimer County. Okay. But they're not legal in Oneida County. That's why when we were up in Old Forge, stuff like that, they had fireworks sold at the Fast Track. Yeah. If you want to get them around here, you have to go on Old Herkimer Road, drive down past the county line, and there's shops everywhere in pop-up I think, trailers. I think that answers my question of why uh, at-home fireworks are overrated, because you can buy them at a fast track on the way to Old Forge. I don't trust anything that I can buy for $20 next to beef jerky to be safe for me to, to have shooting off in front of my friends and family. Like, I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. They'll have dumb names, too, like the Exploding Panther. That's that a good one. I saw that one. Uh, so let's move on to another overrated, underrated, uh, and this is one that uh, I'm seeing more and more of, uh, especially in the studio right now. Wearing American flag clothing or gear on the Fourth of July. 
Um, all, all I'll say about it, and you can sort of glean my take on that because it can go either way on the people. If you're gonna do it, you gotta go real big. Yeah, you gotta go real big. Can't be like just like a casual navy blue T-shirt with a small American flag on the front. Dumb. But if you're wearing like head to toe red, white, and blue stars and stripes, I I like you committing to that look. I'm see, into it. See, I go the other way on this one. I think it if you have like a red and blue flannel and you wear that on the Fourth of July, that's kind of a good look. Like subtle patriotism. Subtle celebration. It's like I used to do that on St. Patrick's Day. I wouldn't wear all green. I would just wear something green. Right? Subtle celebration. Sure. <laughs> God forbid anybody think you're having too good of a time. There was our our good friend of the pod, Christopher Mandrew, is rocking the USA shorts over the weekend. Always we a classic at, look on Fourth of July it, it, weekend. That's a pretty on the good lake. look. I, I have to say. That's what I mean. Like go full, full on. But you get lost in the mix though. In the Fourth of July, everyone does it. What if you wore a different country? You wear like a Union Jack. That's a real, that's a bold move. Get John in the lake. <laughs> Strap some Roman candles to you and toss you in. Just firing bottle rockets at the dude in his Union Jack shorts. That's pretty funny. All right. Uh, we have one more here for you. Uh, and this is something I don't even know if it happened today or not. And that's why I talked about it. Overrated or underrated Fourth of July parades. Do we even have a Fourth of July uh, parade? Oh, we sure as hell do, as a matter of fact, because this morning I was trying to get downtown. I was running a bunch of errands because we've got my brother's stag party coming up this weekend. Uh, by the way, this coming Friday, Deerfield Firehouse, we're going to be starting at 6 o'clock, 20 bucks for hell tickets. Yeah. Tons of food, tons of raffles, great prizes, uh, tons of great beer and everything. So come out if you want to. Get a hold of me however you can on Twitter or Facebook or the Uticast or whatever you want to do if you want to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So I was out running some errands this morning for that, like just getting some stuff together. And I was trying to get downtown coming from South Utica here, and I got cut off at, like, four major intersections because mm-hmm. there was a 4th of July parade running from somewhere near, like, the South Utica fast track-ish yeah. down around the corner and down the parkway to where Oneida intersects. And I didn't even know that was still a thing. <laughs> it's probably, you know what it is? It's probably underrated, I would say, just because nobody knows it happens, so it's probably better than not thinking you have one at all, right? The 4th of July parade is an underrated parade because it's not the par- the parades you think of in general st patrick's day thanksgiving day those are like the two parades. you only think of thanksgiving day because of the macy's like day yeah, well, parade. That, well yeah talking about like locally occurring though there's like parades i'm just gonna throw it out there and you can throw your hate mail at uticast at gmail.com or oh, the you're website about to say something so dumb i can already feel it go ahead i don't like parades why uh i feel the same way about parades that i do about the boilermaker if i'm not in the parade i don't want to watch it I, it's not it's not about going down and like doing a full like thorough analysis of the entire parade as it unfolds. It's about getting down there and being with a bunch of people and just being happy to be around the people, going out with like people you have fun with, people you care about and enjoying time with them. The parade is the background stuff. Every once in a while you might see or hear something crazy from the parade, but the parade is like the frosting to the the social interaction that you get to have with the people of your community. Nah. Ego driven. <laughs> nah, nah. Ego driven. Trying to be in the parade. I'm not interested in. Uh, I'm, fun, I am... fun fact here locally about our Fourth of July parade. It doesn't take much to get in because it's not the St. Patrick's Day parade. You can generally make a. They let Mr. Maiden Utica himself, Justin Parkinson, rollerblade in the Fourth of July parade one year, handing out like Maiden Utica flyers. I'm gonna throw this out here for you, and if if someone likes this idea and you want us to do it, that's fine, but don't steal it next year. July 4th Parade, instead of doing hot dog eating contest for 4th of July Parade, we put a truck in the parade and we have a Utica Club drinking contest. Who can drink the most Utica Clubs from the start of the parade to the end of the parade? You, me, Justin Parkinson. 
Uh, that's there's so many things illegal about that that it's almost <laughs> insane to me. We're on the flatbed. It's okay. No, no, that's that's about <coughs> half of the violations right there. Is doing it on the flatbed. <laughs> I do have an idea to make that much better. I've got some good ideas for that that I'm not going to say on the air because they're highly stealable. I see. As All opposed right, to you're like, hey, you want to go down to Genesee Street and break the law? Oh, yeah, because no one else at that parade is going to be drunk. Probably not. It's pretty casual at the 4th of July parade. Not. I keep thinking it's just... I, I assume all parades are the St. Patrick's Day parade. It's very much not that. It's yeah, much more no, uh, family-friendly yeah. and a lot more yeah. stuff like that. It's They do it, like, it's a little bit later in the day, too, because when I was going downtown to run those errands, it was probably 1130, maybe even noon, so it's not like the way the St. Patrick's parade starts like 930 or 10 o'clock or whatever. Hmm. All right. Uh, hey, what do you know? Uh, both the guests I tried to get on to come do the show just now texted me back now that we're done. Isn't oh, I knew surprised? they were going to. We yeah. knew that was going to happen. Yeah, that's how it works. All right, uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed your 4th of July weekend. I know it's tough to go back to work, but we're here to get you through your Tuesday morning getting back after that long weekend. It's a real pleasure, folks. We will be back next week. Uh, not for Aaron Higgins or for Justin Parkinson or Cliff Montoni or Kate Riley because they're not here. Just for you and me, Kev, because we're the only ones doing work. Also, for my brother and the lads and everybody, yeah, we had such sure. a great time. I hope everybody else has a great time with your friends and family this weekend. Stay safe. Make smart decisions. The cops will be looking for you. The fireworks will be looking for you. Um, we'll see you at the Boilermaker. Mm. Take care.